0: You're listening to Bits and Pieces on Sunrise Robot. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Duncan, out of Gelsenkirchen, in Germany. And I'm your other host, Michael Edwards, out of Denver, Colorado. And we thrive on the support of our listeners, so please check out sunriserobot.net support to see some ways you can help us out. We're on episode 48 and I haven't calculated any of this, but aren't we like in our first, oh, haven't we closed our first year of Bits and Pieces by now?
1: Yeah, I think beginning of February was our first episode. I should check. it Yeah.
0: That.
1: So we should celebrate one year of Bits and Pieces. Uh, yeah. So let's
0: improvise everything. Let's throw this doc out of the way and just improvise an anniversary episode with the best half right. of the Here last we go. year. <laughs> um. Uh, um Okay, let's go back to our show rundown. There, um, we actually don't have any any follow up this time, so let's just start with a little bit more of NAM. We talked about uh, some interesting devices, effects, guitars, instruments. Uh, um, in NAM, the North American Music something something, or what is it? Why is it called NAM again?
1: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we should know that. <laughs> I got it. National Association of Music Merchants. Ah, okay.
0: Well that's that sounds fair. Um so it doesn't have to be in North America, so they could just bring it over here and I would be happy. And I would go there and report live <laughs> on not live and on it stage, seems but it's like, pretty
1: international, so why do they have does it have to be a national yeah. association?
0: Yeah. Uh so the first device we've got here is called Touche. or oh, like on the play on touch, because this is like a touch expression controller. Um it looks a bit something like uh yeah. Something you would put your shoe on to get it shined. Yeah. Um, or shown. I don't know what the what the or it'd past, be on a, a
1: horse's saddle you would hold on to it. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, you can press it, you can shift it, it is touch sensitive, and you can slide across it and you can just map any any expression you want on that. And so these guys in this abandoned warehouse are playing uh both both are playing with this thing. And I'm looking at it and thinking This is actually pretty cool. I'm always, um, I'm always seeking this kind of expression on a keyboard because on a keyboard you either, you press the key or you don't press it. I mean, there is velocity, of course. But that's that's the end. That's all there is. Yeah. On a guitar, there are so many kinds of articulation. Like even just where you put the pick on the string, like if you put it more towards the neck or farther away from that, it sounds different. And I'm always seeking that on a keyboard. And this is just like a, another device you hook up there and then all of a sudden you've got all this expression right at your fingertips, trademark. Um <laughs> So what did you think about the, the the functionality of this thing? Let's just keep it to the functionality um, not on the
1: video sounds <laughs> we'll get to the video later um it, it looked phenomenal like it like you said the the level of expression the the even and they picked a good song for the video because um, they were able to demonstrate a lot of different types of expression so whether he's making these staccato little taps on it or he's uh um, more dramatically um changing the way a pad sounds or something um It made me want to play with it immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it
0: just looks like whatever you think of doing and like uh if I have a thought in mind, I can just press it in a certain way and it does what I'm expecting it to do. Like I know I know you don't like the word intuitive, but I think this is kinda (laughs) intuitive.
1: (laughs) Well better than having like faders and buttons that kind of spread out that expressiveness across a whole bunch of knobs. Um, to have one device that can do a lot of it, um, just yeah, it, it lets you try things in the moment a little more quickly, right? Um, um but I'm, man, I'm just, this video.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just googling for the price. Um, I think I I I can't find the quote right now, but I think I read something about it being very expensive, like in the middle of the three digits. So oh,
1: wow. It is I don't know if I <laughs> half a thousand dollars on yeah. one little touch device. So
0: so just from that, I would say please make a budget version, something that doesn't have to look like some exotic wood. Just just make it plastic. <laughs> I'm okay with that as long as the expression in there is still there. Because, I mean, it's just a bunch of actuators maybe, just some sensors. It shouldn't be that complicated. It looks really designed yeah. and I'm okay with it being that expensive. But uh, yeah, I'm not
1: going to buy it at, the,
0: at that price
1: yeah um I, these guys are kind of dressed up like halfway into star trek like they, they just need communicators on their chest <laughs> yeah and uh it, what is the fetish with abandoned warehouses too
0: yeah yeah someone on reddit uh, at this post oh, i think it was in the youtube comments but um he made a checklist abandoned warehouse check gear that should never be in a damn abandoned warehouse check <laughs> jamming in an abandoned warehouse check Abandoned whale still has power. Check. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And some it's some authentic. Yeah. And somebody else uh, mentioned that. It it is cooler than expected, but is it as expressive as a space tambourine, which is of course a nod to the um to this uh zoom device arc. that we talked about. The arc, yeah, right. The the arc zoom arc. arc. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I love these little devices that supposedly are just made to do one thing, but you can do so much with it. And as I said, like you, you have something in mind, you press it in a certain way, and it supposedly does what you think it does. Uh, what else could you wish for?
1: And kind of going in the other direction of rather than special hardware, um, there's Bitwig touchscreen control, which uh, kind of tries to turn your DAW into an instrument of its own yeah. by. Basically giving you touch targets to control everything in your dog. Yeah, this, this looked really cool. Like from, from the first
0: time they, they showed Bitwig a few years ago, which is kind of an, uh, uh, it branched out from Ableton Live, like a few people who worked on Ableton Live are now doing Bitwig. It has a similar um, paradigm to it, but lots lots of differences. I never really got into it, especially since I invested in Ableton Live 9. I'm not going to switch anytime soon. But a lot of those things they are showing, is like, man, please put that into Ableton now. <laughs> So one of the, now the latest update gives you touch screen controls and they demonstrated it on an, uh, on a Microsoft surface. It looks so cool. You click something and it <laughs> just with this touch, like it's just the same thing. I, I want to be able to just touch something and it does what I want it to do. Now years of using a computer and a computer mouse, you don't even think about it anymore. Of course you can just click on things, but what, what really blew me away a little bit is the, um, uh, when, when you go into this note matrix, like on a, on a launch pad, like you don't have really have a keyboard but this matrix you can just uh put your 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 pe- uh, the pen or your finger on there and then slide across it and it has this um really expressive um modulation like pitch modulation and other kinds of modulations which you do just by sliding your finger there and once again you think of something and you're doing it and it does what you expect expected to do and i love it yeah. now the only thing is you would need a very big or very large touch screen for that to actually be worthwhile um so the demo they are showing there and it has this device the synthesizer built into bitwig the knobs look really really small like i couldn't see like dialing in like a certain specific number on there um so for for like some macro changes of course or clip launching like this could this uh, could um could work as your launch pad then and as a lot ton of other things but really dialing in little things i don't see that happening unless you have a large screen
1: I mean, I even, like, maybe not what Bitwig is designed for, but just this concept of touchscreen streamlined controls is, you know, if I'm doing a live stream, it might be nice to have a a soundboard, a mixing board, a um, scene switcher, all that kind of stuff for controlling OBS would be really nice to have in a more friendly format than um, like when we did the the flipping tables live stream, my iMac was like fifteen feet away, and I'm like <laughs> squinting while I move my mouse to yeah. do things. <laughs> and uh, to have a more localized control would be cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it's
0: just everything at your fingertips, and the more it is at directly at your fingertips and not hidden behind two clicks or um, changing the page on my MIDI controller and finding the right fader, it you don't have you don't have to think that much anymore. Yeah. And with that, let's go into our little curiosity corner this week. Um, <laughs> Justin shared this, uh, a few episodes back. We, uh, spoke about this one guy of holy fuck speeding up the chipmunk songs. No, slowing them down, slowing them down to the original speed. Oh, and yeah. I think this, this goes like in the same vein here. Um, somebody cut together or made a supercut of the last second of every ACDC song.
1: Yeah. And, uh. <laughs> The the obvious joke is that most of them end exactly the same way with just a single staccato hit. Um, there's not a lot of drawn-out notes at the end of ACDC songs. Some, sometimes um, you
0: hear a scream like a, yay!
1: <laughs> yeah, or in the drummer, it decides between a crash or a, a four-tom kind of rumble. But, um, but actually, I found it to be kind of its own interesting deconstructed song. Like it was just <laughs> this this weird... Um, don't call it avant-garde because it's not... But just this nice little strange experience of dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and
0: every, every once in a while they do something very differently and then again it's it's back to the old stuff <laughs> um yeah and and that made me think about um i usually what, my own songs my electronica songs i draw them out a lot and they're borderline fade outs at the end and then with the stuff we, we did with Salt Skies, I think most of our songs also ended like this, which made me think, is this just like a genre specific thing, really? <laughs> Rock songs are so easy to end on, on what we hear there uh, with, with this ACDC supercut. Uh, just playing one last note. That's it. Uh, you don't have to think that much anymore. And it works. I mean, obviously. It just ties
1: a bow on it. And I wonder how many of these songs were they, they had a long, like, like you just kind of cut it off with a hit yeah i don't know pretty much every rock band i've ever seen (laughs) uses this some if not most of the time
0: there's only so much variety you can have either you stop staccato or you fade it out and then there's some ways where you can just deconstruct it which is usually what i do like just remove some instruments until you have only one instrument left and then you hold that note (laughs) um yeah that's three ways uh, yeah, you can segue into the next song. I mean, I love it when, when bands just have their whole concert be one big jam where everything sags into the next song. Um, I, I listened to a little bit of Animal Collective Live the other week again, and I just love it that it's just one solid jam all the way through, except for one pause in the middle but yeah other than that just ended ended on a one note uh, yeah especially if you
1: can hybrid that where it works seamlessly when you play the album but also if you switch tracks it's still it doesn't sound like you interrupted some party (laughs) that's the best (laughs) if you can pull off that magic which actually isn't that that hard to do okay tell me about ankle pants (laughs)
0: yeah i mentioned him last time because we talked about some interesting uh, yeah we because we talked about the zoom arc the uh, the space tambourine um yeah this guy built himself like a space microphone with buttons and uh, some slider some some gyroscope sensor to um to control some kind of audio effects on his voice i most yeah mostly on his voice but also something has on his head um so actually i found this guy uh because there was a reddit thread about um which artists or contemporary artists are actually pushing some musical boundaries um and this guy was mentioned and uh the the video that we are linking here in the show notes on sunrise robot.net slash bits and pieces slash uh, 48 you can you can see a, a boiler pl- a boiler room set like one hour of ankle pants um you should really try a little bit of that um (laughs) probably not in the morning and not before going to bed but and not with with children (laughs) around (laughs) oh definitely um so it's safe to say he's pushing more than just musical boundaries it's like the the uh the lonely cousin of guar doing electro music uh it's just weird i don't want to take away too much just watch the video but yeah the technology that he's using is just insane
1: just a fair warning that there is a penis on his face. And so. Oh, if, right, yeah. If it's that comple- so it's not safe for work. <laughs> <laughs> if that completely turns you off, then don't watch it. But. Yeah. Um, there is a penis face and it bounces around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And there's a lot of people bouncing around in the background. Like this whole show is like a carnival party. I especially love the guy who's dancing around in a rescue blanket. Like this guy <laughs> draped in a silver blanket just moving around <laughs> sometimes you see his face it's just cr- crazy party i don't know if i want to be there or if i'm just happy enough watching yeah. it from home from a safety of my own home um <laughs> but yeah the, so so this microphone he's actually built it himself i mean he's building this mask himself and it's all it's this crazy contraption that that goes around his back with all these cables hidden somewhere on him and uh, i th- i think it's just cool and at the same time um why is it always people that are so eccentric like this guy who are <laughs> building this stuff? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not not in a demeaning way. It's just that every time I notice someone who's doing some really out-of-bounds out of crazy experimental stuff, yeah, it, it it's really that kind of experimental stuff.
1: Yeah, what is the quote without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible? Thanks, Frank Zappa, for... I don't know, is that like the male version of, if you can't handle me at my worst... <laughs> Um, one of the YouTube comments, uh, as an update to us says that the penis on his face ejaculates now also <laughs> scary, terrifying, scary as fuck. So, <laughs> so supposedly this guy likes
0: to play shows in Germany. Maybe if he's around, around sometime, <laughs> maybe we can get him on the pseudo show.
1: <laughs> All right. I bet he's like really normal in interviews. Yeah, probably. <laughs> He's like, ah, yeah, it's just for those weird ass people that come to my shows. I'm actually like, I work in an office. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, what is about those fall commonly misused pieces of audio advice? Ah, uh, so this was a very clickbaity titled article that I found. Uh, I think it was either through Reddit or it might have been. Oh dear God, Facebook. Oh God. Um, oh no. <laughs> um, but it's basically four things that you've heard if you've been in music for any length of time, and why they're not not great or or misused or overdone and uh the pieces of advice are just use your ears um just for being stupidly obvious like oh i was gonna use my eyes to mix this song but all right um things like you can't polish a turd which means like if you record it badly you can't save it but that's only sort of like there's lots of crappy recordings yeah. that get salvaged or mediocre recordings that get improved dramatically. So you can kind of polish a turd. Um, it depends how disgusting the turd is. Um, and sometimes the turd is so disgusting. It's actually kind of awesome and you don't need to polish it, but, um, on by the same token on the other side, there are no rules like, ah, do whatever you want. Ah. <laughs> and, uh, people take that too far because there are good principles to making things sound good and making things sound pleasing. So there are rules and you just need to learn them well enough so that you can break them intelligently. But um, that's what people say about jazz. So yeah. Um, And the last one I skipped was uh, it's the ear, not the gear. Well, it turns out really good gear helps a lot. And yeah, (laughs) if there's no ghost in the machine, it's going to be a stupid result, even with the most amazing mic. But um you know you bring a little bit of art to it then your gear is going to elevate that so i don't know like I, it's good to tell people not to blindly accept advice but when is that ever not yeah <laughs> true um
0: i just find it interesting that all those four points um I've, I've actually written, I've actually read so many threads where those topics actually came up. So, um, there is a reason why you brought up those four points. Let's just go through them one by one. Like just use the air so many times. I mean, we live in this, in an age where everybody's working in the box, especially the people who are online asking for advice are the people who, who mix on their computer. So obviously they're not sitting on some hardware where they can only see the knobs that they are turning. And everyone has like 3000 waveforms displayed at any given time where you can see what's happening to the audio. So of course, it's easy to fall into that trap of I'm just going to look if the waveform looks a certain way and you stop really thinking about it. Um, lots of times I, I really like the, the, um, compressor on Ableton, which actually shows you like how it's, it's not clipping, but like, um, attenuating the sound wave yeah. and it, it helps dialing it in. Of course, I'm using my ears to, to dial it to the point where it sounds nice, but it's great to see like, okay, this is the point where it actually starts doing something, um, even if it's just a little bit. Um, but yeah, of course, you easily fall, fall into that trap because everything is visualized nowadays. I don't have my hardware equalizer here where it's just knobs and you have to rely on years. And yeah, it's, it's an extra thing you could use. And uh, I like looking at my... my um, uh, songs through spectrogram and compare it to another song because even though I'm, I'm using proper headphones, there's still some things which I don't believe I can hear that well. And if the waveforms, or not the waveform, but the, the frequency response looks similar to a professionally mixed track, that's already something that's good to see. Like you, you, you're not doing a lot wrong if you're at that point yeah so it's just like to confirm the choices you make it's sometimes good to look at some diagrams or some some visualizations
1: yeah because yeah especially if you've been mixing for a while um you just get really biased you get weirdly like fatigued um and i can confess that when i edit some podcasts i get on autopilot and i just basically like slap the, the the compressor and limiter and like check to make sure that the numbers on the meters are similar for the host, yeah. but um, I still use my ears there. And, uh, um, you know, try it out on crappy laptop speakers and try like worse headphones to be like, is Lions twice as loud as me? No? Okay. <laughs> like, perceptually, does it feel like we're equal? Um, <laughs> yeah, so let's just say use both. Use both if you can. I mean, of course, use
0: your ears mostly, but it's not bad to use your it's eyes.
1: Like, <laughs> it's like getting a second opinion.
0: Yeah, right. Um, yeah, you can't polish a turd. Oh, there's a lot of turds I polished on my own music. Uh, <laughs> certainly, mostly the vocals. Um, <laughs> you, you can always get something out of some, yeah, out of a bad recording. Uh, it's not impossible. And yeah, there is a point where you can't really make it any better, but even then it's sometimes subjective. And I don't know if, if it's sometimes you have no other choice. So sometimes there is no other way to re-record something or there's something in a track that you can't, you don't, you can't reproduce everything around it. So you have to work with it
1: somehow. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking like on some of my recent recordings, like my acoustic guitar has some fret buzz at certain spots in certain places. And I don't really have the inclination to solve that or to go get my guitar <laughs> set up or fixed or anything like that. And so... I could sit and obsess over it or try to like hack my performance into not having it. And I might do a little of that. Um, but also, the, most of these parts are going to sit in a mix where no one's going to hear or notice yeah. the, the slight, tiny bit of buzz when I was holding yeah. that chord. And it's like, ah, it's just part of the, <laughs> the salt mixed in.
0: Yeah. That's another point we should talk about someday, um, about how we listen to mix and a song and how just the general public perceives the music you're mixing, like the most minute things they would never think about. You can crap out the worst mix possible and if they like the song, they like the song. Now, this shouldn't be like a blank check to mix badly, <laughs> of course, but um, sometimes... Like thinking about your audience, like me thinking when I released my EP, how many people are going to listen to this and how many people are going to listen to this who are actually hearing those differences, which is the point where I then stop mixing and stop fuzzing around with those little details that I still can hear sometimes, but you have to ship it someday. Yeah. And then there are no rules. Like how many times we talked about this on the show in one of our first episodes. Um, do I have to learn music theory? Like, do I have to know the rules of music theory? And with that, do I have to know the rules of mixing? Like, yeah, obviously you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't high pass a bass guitar at 500 hertz because there's no <laughs> bass guitar left at that point. Um, yeah. As long as you don't want that as just as an effect, that's a different I would thing. Just,
1: but. I'd want to cross-examine the questioner and be like, are you asking because you don't want to learn or because you have good reason to disregard something? There are things where it's like, oh, no, you don't need to worry about that. But, you know, if, if your motivation is, ah, this is hard, I'm done, like... That's not a good enough reason. I mean, I I know this behavior where you don't want to do something so you go hunting for all the evidence so you can be happy <laughs> that you're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, and people do this, but you know, music theory, learning how to mix, it, it'll just help you make better music. Right. Learn the rules and of course, sometimes you will try to do something
0: experimental and you will feel uneasy because you're doing something that you haven't learned it that way. No, you shouldn't set your compressor to that release ratio, uh, threshold and that ratio. Um, yeah. But, then we go back to, does it sound good? Use your ears. If it sounds good, it's fine. <laughs> like, um, you, you have to know the rules for like 90% of the cases where you want to some, want something to sound like, uh, people expect it to sound like. And then the other 10%, yeah, go out of your way to, to break the rules, to make it sound interesting, to have something unique in your mix, maybe. But yeah, for most stuff, there, there are certain rules. There aren't, there aren't any set frequencies where you should cut a guitar but there is a broad uh, um yeah instruction you could go through to make sure that your guitar doesn't sound like garbage or like a turd <laughs> which you can't polish yeah you can't it's impossible <laughs> Yeah, one rule you should never break is you should not uh, You should never mix on Beats headphones. So <laughs> just, just my opinion now. Uh, so we've got this article about Beats headphones. Yeah,
1: this was an editorial that was basically, uh, Beats headphones are popular for a reason. And uh, it was this kind of article of like, everyone's always hating on Beats, but sometimes you just want some bass in your life. And uh, that's sort of my impression of the the author of this article, um, who wasn't saying he liked Beats, but wanted to, on behalf of Beats lovers, I guess, uh, defend Beats. <laughs> and I just came up with some analogous um, analogies <laughs> for the same point, which is like, candy is popular for a reason, healthy food is boring. Or, you know, motion smoothing on TVs is popular for a reason, original frame rates are boring. Or uh, color oversaturation is popular for a reason. Color balance is boring. Um, these may not be incorrect. Like people like smooth looking TVs because they don't realize how terrible it is. Um, people <laughs> like candy, um, but it doesn't really undo the criticism of what Beats is, which is yeah. a not a non-neutral. Yeah. piece of headphones and
0: on top of that just made um unnecessarily expensive because of the brand i mean we are paying for yeah. the brand you're paying to be allowed i would say to wear beats headphones um <laughs> you can so if you just want bass you can get other headphones that supply you with the the same amount remember of bass i the, the and it's cd not player
1: the cd player i used in the 90s had bass boost as yeah. a switch i mean I this is not a new stereotype fad at one <laughs> um yeah yeah, my car stereo has some buttons for just instantly adding bass to everything but
0: it doesn't have to be beats for that to to be
1: i actually think the worst thing about beats is that they're kind of cheap plastic um not that they have a a non-neutral bass heavy (laughs) bias yeah yeah and
0: everything else is i mean of course it's subjective i know that um yeah, I know a lot of people who would rather listen to something with the bass turned up. I personally don't like that. I personally enjoy my very neutral headphones that I'm, I'm using because since since I've been using them, I feel like I can actually hear everything in there. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I've talked about this. I'm a little bit more analytic when I'm listening. I, I don't just jump around and dance to music on my headphones. But even then, <laughs> I would probably use those headphones because I like the way they sound and they sound neutral and I like the neutral sound. Um i don't complain if there's too much bass but if it's uh, about really getting the experience that i think the guy who mixed this or the person who mixed it wanted to it to be conveyed with i want to use my headphones which reproduce that mostly
1: yeah well one of the rules i learned was that you should feel bass in your chest and not in your head yeah um, especially for live mixes right and uh how can you feel bass in your chest with headphones on? Like, I think I care about bass more if I'm in using speakers. Yeah. If there's but,
0: subwoofer, that's a whole different story.
1: Yeah. Um, and even there, I usually don't want it super crazy yeah. loud or, or, <laughs> but, um, there you go. Um, yeah. But this was a, a big, long-winded editorial, which you could check out and then watch the murder and the comments back and forth <laughs> about, I like beats. Why does everyone hate me? I'm persecuted. Yeah. And then the other people going, dude, we're just saying they don't sound good. It's fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My my analogy, just to add to yours, was um, somebody saying, I like my colored glasses because I prefer to see the world with the red tinned. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, I prefer to see the colors that are actually there. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't need to buy four hundred dollars sunglasses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Animal Collective released a new song, and they did it through their app, Painting With. By Animal Collective, um, we I, I kind of jokingly mentioned that a few episodes back about the back in the days, uh, yeah, a few years back, where every band had to have an app thing was when we talked about reverb nation which kind of gave you a way to to make your own app uh, like a cookie cutter musician or band app and yeah now animal collective went ahead and did that um yeah it's ios only i actually i would have just because i like animal collective i would have downloaded the app if i could have uh, just to get that sound, but I wouldn't have like turned on the app just to listen to that song. Like those days are way over. I remember yeah. um, there was a time where I think. It was a song by Static X, the time where I listened to like a lot of hard rock and metal. And they had this like online, not greeting card, but like this this e-card where there was a player embedded. And this was the <laughs> only way I could listen to that song because MTV, would, MTV wouldn't play it. Um, there wasn't any file sharing that I knew of at the time. So the only way for me to listen to that song was visiting that website and opening that e-card that you were supposed to send to <laughs> other people through MySpace or something like A world of those,
1: scarcity man yeah
0: those <laughs> days are over um put it on spotify just put it on spotify <laughs> yeah. on apple music google play music or youtube maybe youtube is actually the best option still um and I suppose somebody actually already ripped it and put it on YouTube anyway. So um, I can see, like, especially with Animal Collective, they have some... The medium is the message, I know. Um, and the the presentation is very important, especially with Animal Collective. The visuals are always part of the experience somehow. Um, just don't make me download an app.
1: Just- yeah, I forgot to... I downloaded the app and I never launched it and... <laughs> I realized that like 15 minutes before we started, I was like, I'm not going to launch it now. Launch it now. <laughs> launch it now. <laughs> Live. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Like, don't make an app, musicians. Just stop. Like, I don't know, like the, the idea, like, but then people can look up tour dates and like get updates on what the band's doing. It's like, yeah, it's called a website or a Twitter. Oh, or yeah, email newsletter, Yeah. <laughs> Well, don't just make a vague experience. Like if you're going to make an app, like make a game or like Animal Collective should make like a, a podcast app. And it'd be like, <laughs> there's a button to play Animal Collective, but really it's just a podcatcher. <laughs> and you're just like, what? Uniform Motion released an album together with
0: some some jump and run. It's really the most basic jump and run. You le- run from left to right and you collect some stars or something. And it was a song playing to that. And I played that for 10 minutes and I listened to like half of the, the, the album that way. For some reason that worked, but maybe yeah. because I didn't have to download it on my, my phone. Maybe I but could, I
1: don't want a thousand <laughs> jump and run clones with music. Flappy <laughs> I'm Bird. Gonna I'm going to release my new album with Flappy Bird on it.
0: Uh, cookie uh, so, um, of course, feel free to complain about me if you feel like, okay, that's just a lazy excuse. But, I'm yeah, I'm, it's just the experience that I made with those apps. It's, I don't want to use them. I'm just going to wait until that song release or somebody uploads it on YouTube. By the way, I'm pretty stoked for the new album. They are going to uh, they are going in a little different direction this time. But uh, yeah, let's wait for that to, to actually come out. Then we can maybe do a review.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nice segue. Um, this next article was something that uh, Lyons also shared with us. I think, um, which is uh, get paid to write reviews. The site is slicethepie.com. dot com, and uh, you, you know you create an account and uh, you listen to music and you write little reviews and you get paid and uh, yeah, uh, Lion shared this with the, the look of disapproval, which I totally get. And uh, we we covered some of these sites uh, a while back, and here's another one to throw under the pile. Of um, my my joke was in in capitalist universe, everything costs money. So um, you cost money to make things, costs money to get people to listen to it.
0: Um. I don't know. I th- I think at that point I can just write my own review. And just skip the whole part because I'm just uh, thinking about where I'm the one being paid for this. And even though maybe the algorithm behind it, where it distributes those reviews to people to write those, maybe there's just completely randomness. But at the same time, if I was writing those reviews, I would always be thinking, maybe I should write a positive review so I can get more reviews, more like uh, more people paying for reviews being written. So, (laughs) um, I'm going to go ahead and write a positive review, even if I didn't like the album, just to make sure that I'm not being excluded in the future when people just want... I mean, of course, people pay money. They are expecting to get a positive review. Even if they have to be completely honest and say, okay, my album sucks, I'm getting negative reviews. um, They're paying for it. They're probably expecting positive reviews.
1: You especially would not pay for reviews if you thought it was going to come back and be horrible. Right. So
0: everybody who pays for this is at least, if they're not completely lying to themselves, they're expecting something positive. So I, on the other end, would try to write something positive, which just, yeah, you can just write the review yourself that way um, and just be all positive. And I mean, it's not like um if you write the name under there by whoever wrote that review on Slice the Pie, uh, anybody else is going to come along and say, oh, so this guy says it's cool. Yeah, I don't recognize that name. It's not like Pitchfork gave me a good review. It's just some random person, so I might as well just write my own review at that point and skip the whole pay for a review thing. I, I don't know. I just can't see why you would want to use that.
1: Yeah, like, if, if if you just need glowing quotes and it, it isn't going to be the Rolling Stone guy or the New York Times or something, then... Ask your friends, they'll come up with something, you don't right. feel grimy as much as cre- inventing your own quotes about yourself, and <laughs> no one will know the difference, because friend versus completely anonymous internet stranger, well, yeah. same thing.
0: Right. Yeah, and then in the end, um, reviews. Like, If you just get this review now, if it's not on some well-known blog or website, what is what is the worth of that review then? Just some <laughs> tagline you can put on the album, like "This is a phenomenal album," says uh, music review guy sixty eight. I don't know. It's just <laughs> what what is what is actually the purpose of that review just by itself? If it's not on some platform that people are actually visiting and consuming, yeah, uh, yeah. Unless you you actually want feedback, which is completely different. Now, if if you say I'm paying to get. Feedback by professionals like I want to get feedback on the mix, I want to get feedback on just the composition. That's a different story, but we're talking reviews here. And review to me is just promotion,
1: yeah. And yeah, why would you buy promotion from anonymous people with no weight or marketing credibility, no
0: cloud, yeah? Uh,
1: Yeah, that would be a more interesting service of like if you could get reliably amazing feedback from people, but i mean the people you know that are really really damn good at mixing stuff do you think they want to sit around and listen to horrible bands yeah how much would you have to get paid to be willing to do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um at that point you might as well
0: just go into your everyday uh reddit community or some other community and just share it there and uh you're going to get some feedback there and people are going to be honest, believe me. Now, yes. probably the people who don't like your stuff are going to be more honest than those who liked it. But yeah, you're going to get some honest review there and you're not, you don't have to pay for
1: it that way. Yeah. You pay for it in your, your self-esteem that. Yeah. destroyed.
0: <laughs> Sleepless. <is> nice. <laughs> uh,
1: our last little, uh, curiosity this week is, uh, Sure is coming out with a new dual diaphragm dynamic mic called the KSM8, which, uh, the KSM line seems to be one of their premium lines of, uh, not phones, microphones. Um, I have one <laughs> of their, some kind con- of phone. <laughs> I have one of their condenser KSMs. It's a KSM uh, 44 and I've used that for over a decade and it's one of my favorite mics. It's a really good vocal mic. Um, when I can get my, my environment quiet enough to support a condenser, um, but this is more of a, a, new premium live situation microphone. Um, think like corporate events or uh, anything where you're going to have amateurs on the mic. Um, they, they, they swear that this thing has a bigger sweet spot, as they call it. Um, so people that are in different distances and positions around the mic, it'll, it'll pick them up better. But yet somehow magically still won't be a ton of feedback in your life. Um, they they have always glowing quotes from engineers and and sound guys also saying that they didn't have to EQ the thing much, that it's just magically already perfect for voices. <laughs> and so, I mean, this is a marketing page, so of course it's going to have all this stuff. Um, but then again, I mean, sure, make some really solid mics, yeah. and then they can, they kind of earn some credibility in this space. And so I, it just caught my eye when I, I saw this press release go out. And, uh, you know, I was kind of curious what your thoughts on this mic are based on what the, you know, obviously the marketing <laughs> is telling us. We don't have um, real world reviews, really
0: yeah so I watched the video on that page, which briefly goes through the history of sure microphones and why they are staple of the industry, and how the sm s m fifty eight is so popular and so they they explained how this k s m eight kind of builds on the technology of the s m fifty eight and they added this second diaphragm to kind of control the slow end. so what you usually have is when you go get get closer to a microphone, you get this proximity effect, which boosts the low end and so this second diaphragm kind of works against that so you don't get that proximity effect and at the same time you can move further away and it's still picking up your voice pretty well and as you explained but everything around that still filtered out so you don't get a lot of feedback which is perfect i think my initial reaction was give that to everyone please <laughs> yeah. now i just looked up the price so at least here in germany it's 500, 500 euros yeah hefty have to <laughs> fine. um so uh the sm58 I, s- I believe still hovers around 100
1: euro uh, I think and, it's 90 in the US. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah,
0: you can't go wrong with an sm 58 but I can see how this is just, uh if you really want to make sure that everything sounds good, and as you said, people who don't have any mic technique, and I've seen local, we've played with local bands where the singer didn't have proper mic technique, which if that's all you have to do, if that's your one job, you should have proper microphone technique. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah please Uh, so it would be great if every audio technician now at least has one of those in his arsenal so if they see the singer just kind of using their microphone the wrong way just give them that ksm-8 and everybody's going to be happy so if that thing actually does what it's supposed to do great now i didn't see or didn't find any audio demos on this website um or at least but even then uh, it's hard to judge it because of course they're gonna demonstrate it in the the best possible yeah, way Yeah ideal circumstances so i'm gonna keep an eye on youtube when there's gonna be a review I, I i'd like to see a review on this microphone on a big stage compared to an sm58 like with the whole band playing and then you just isolate the vocal track and then you can really hear like the difference i would be really interested in that um i have no reason to believe that they are lying to us as you said i mean yeah they they have <laughs> they have great line of microphones um one quote i found funny in this um in this in this video uh they they started somebody started the sentence with uh sure it's the right company to do it because and in my mind the the (laughs) sentence went on with because we're swimming in boatloads of money thanks to the sm58 Uh, not that they don't deserve it but yeah they they have the money to experiment
1: (laughs) Well, that reminded me of, like, Tim Cook loves saying, like, only Apple could have done this. And it's like, only sure. (laughs) Yeah, when you have, you know, $3 trillion of R&D. Yeah, only you can do that. So yeah, I'm looking looking for reviews on the thing. I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna buy one. I don't have.
0: I personally don't have a use for it, but I love it when things like this exist. Of course, I love it when technology gets better. The SM58, they, it hasn't changed much or it hasn't changed at all, pretty much since its inception. Uh, it works fine, but um, there's always something to make better, just even a little bit. Question yeah. is, uh, yeah. Um, diminishing returns at some point which is probably why they're selling it at 500 yeah Uh, maybe it will go down price maybe this will become the new sm58 at some point when it gets (laughs) cheaper to produce and with that we should go to our picks
1: of the week Um, yes you should start first all right my pick of the week is a song called prank calls by kelly stoltz and uh i just encountered this through my discovery playlist um, which isn't the only place I discover songs, but it is a very nice one. And, uh, I would describe this song as pretty much damn near perfect roll credits music. Um, but I, it's just really infectious. It's, I mean, it's got like kind of the cliche bouncy piano thing going, but, um, I just, I love the melody. I love the, the repetition and the, the, the layers that get piled on. Um, it 's just delightful and it 's it 's kind of got a nice lo fi aesthetic so let 's just listen to some print calls. yeah you get the idea and it's you know it's a short romp like two minutes two and a half minutes and it's in and out and uh, that's something apparently i like because i pick short songs a lot for this (laughs) so what did you make of it it evens out that way i usually pick long
0: songs which is also true for my pick of the week this week (laughs) so yeah this song it's short it's raw and uh, it's just a solid song and there's totally no pun intended in those three adjectives um (laughs) I This is a case where I just got reminded of our discussion about, uh, like, you can't polish a turd and it's about the gear. Like, listen to this. It sounds so raw. It sounds just like, put that microphone in there. Oh, I don't care if it's overdriven. Uh, just record the song. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it fits the song and if, if it kind of builds this atmosphere that you want. I'm pretty sure that wherever they recorded this and whoever was the mixing guy, they could have made it like a crisp and clear recording, but they chose not to. And... Yeah.
1: So if well, you got gonna, that like almost saloon like feel of just like ragtag yeah. like yeah house so, recording
0: so of course that's a deliberate action that they made but if you're ever in that position where you feel like I can't record properly that way like you don't have to tell anybody you can just still say like that was a liberal yeah. choice like you don't have to tell anybody that it's that it sounds that way because you couldn't do any better as long as you make it solid as long as you make it work in that space yeah. and that certain space that you can work in then it sounds fine um yeah i just completely just went into that mixing direction but yeah i love the song uh, as you said it's really short you can just pop it on and it's great i actually listened to it like four times because i i just It was so short. You can just put it on again and it was fun to listen to. How about yours? Yeah, my pick of the week is by Mike Moll and I can't really pronounce the title. It's exclamation mark dash exclamation mark dash and so on and so on. Uh, He likes to get creative (laughs) with his titles. Um, Full disclosure, this is a friend of mine. He's the drum of Salt Disguise and he gave me that EP last year to master for him and just now he he released it on SoundCloud. Um, I working with him or working with him, playing with him in the band. Um, there there was a lot of things that we kind of had in common with composition and doing some crazy mathy stuff and surprising. And, and we have very different ways of playing guitars and drums, but we have the same ideas where we, where we get, yeah, how we get there. Um, and I just, Love how he's mixing some some post rock things with a little bit of math rock, and then there's always some a bit of electronic stuff in there. Um, and with this EP, it's like lots of build up, lots of long songs. It's all instrumental, by the way. And um, his drum work is also very, I, th- I think, very impressive. Um, I know that those drums are um, sample drums, so easy. they aren't actually recorded drums, um, but the way he made them sound, I think it's it feels very organic and very natural. I mean, because he is he is a drummer after all, so <laughs> uh, here's a little bit of this exclamation mark song. <laughs> short little pause i would call it and that that's just one of those ex- surprises that i usually mean like anybody else you could just throw a crash in there and then then start going into overdrive mode yeah. which he does we need it after that but it's just <laughs> like no no you're not getting that yet and i really love that
1: yeah and i that's my favorite part of the song is when it goes into those triplets um whether it's the the build-up part or the more full full bore um just a nice satisfying long exploration of this stuff um the the exact opposite of the song I picked a nice long drawn (laughs) out takes its time adds layers um sometimes you're really in the mood for that just to kind of put it on and whether you're focusing or going about your business doing something else it's uh it's awesome right
0: yeah and even when it's completely going overdrive it's still in a way that it's almost drone or ambient in in some ways like it's not hectic it's just of course it's loud and it's overdriven but it's not hectic and not stabbing you in
1: the ears (laughs) right what is the i always hate the the review cliche review guy 68 probably says this a lot um angular guitars that are muscular like (laughs) our guitar is (laughs) angular
0: yeah i sometimes find myself using that that (laughs) phrase for my own melodies I, i think it's just angular i for me an angular melody is just something that jumps around with big intervals like you don't have that usual phrasing you would you would do if those were if it were a vocal melody like you wouldn't sing that but on a guitar you can just jump around for me that's that's angular
1: and with that, we have episode 48 of Bits and Pieces. Thanks for listening all year. This is basically marking, even though we didn't quite get to 52 because we changed our release schedule. This marks <laughs> a year of episodes. And uh just thank you so much for being on this journey with us as we keep going. And uh, you can always find our show notes, including a link to our Spotify playlist, which we gather songs to, um, our Picks of the Week every week. Um, you can find that at sunriserobot.net slash bits and pieces slash 48. And uh, me and Matt love feedback, and you can tweet us. I'm Mike. I'm at Pseudo Michael, S-U-D-O Michael. And Matt, your Twitter name?
0: At Echolox, E-C-H-O-L-O-X.
1: And uh, you can subscribe to our show with your favorite podcast app. If you don't have a favorite podcast app, check out Podcast Addict or uh, Pocket Casts. Or if you're on iOS, you could also check out Overcast.fm. Then just search for Bits and Pieces or search for Sunrise Robot. And uh, you'll find our shows and that'll be good. Um, then you'll get new episodes automatically every week delivered to your device. And then when you're on your commute to your office job that you hate, you can at least have some joy of listening to us on the way. Or oh, if um, you're
0: working on your new
1: ankle pants penis head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let there just be... Every artist needs a penis face now. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to support us directly, um, you can send us penis... No, please don't. Um You can uh, go to patreon.com slash sunrise robot and uh every dollar that comes our way just helps us make these shows better helps us invest in uh, new shows or new gear um, to make this all work and with that special thanks to our top patreon sponsors benji robinson and carolyn kraut we love you guys so much thank you guys all right we'll see you all next time